gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're told that we have a health care delivery crisis. Less and less physicians are choosing to practice in rural areas. Small community hospitals are closed or are closing. In rural counties, the county health department is daily overwhelmed. And it's not surprising that you see every now and then a mobile unit, something on the order of a blood mobile, parked in a small community administering primary medical or dental care. The word to underscore is mobile, mobile health care. But this is not new. Jesus himself is a mobile health clinic. You may not have noticed, but as we journey through Luke's gospel, today is Jesus' 16th healing episode. And we're just a tad over half of Luke's gospel. Jesus is often found among the crowds of people who search him out. And we know Jesus habitually worships each Sabbath at the synagogue. In short, go where the people are, and more often than not, you'll find Jesus. And not surprising, he often has interactions and confrontations in the synagogue on the Sabbath. So it is we find Jesus today. Well, like he's heard today, this is not his first rodeo. No, Jesus has already gotten in trouble in Luke's gospel about healing on the Sabbath. Remember these words from Scripture. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke all say, the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. It would seem then that Jesus has a continuing message he wants delivered when he has these synagogue episodes. But no one is really listening much 
until today. Several Sundays ago, we heard the parable of the Good Samaritan. A story today, in a sense, dovetails that parable. You recall the priest and the Levite. They see the wounded man. They cross over to the other side of the road and walk right by him. Both these religious leaders are followers of the law in its fullness, and not just in terms of scripture, but in terms of tradition of the elders, some 612 laws and rules. The Pharisees and rabbinic Judaism follow this. The Samaritans are a mixed race of Jew and Gentile, and they only acknowledge the first five books of the Old Testament as canonical. Though they have some rules about the Sabbath, they do not have the myriad of rules and laws concerning clean versus unclean, or the minutia of laws defining what is work and what work should not be done on the Sabbath. In other words, the priest and the Levite are handcuffed by the law they adhere to. They may notice the wounded man, but they are not allowed to take a closer look. The Samaritan, however, has the freedom to take a closer look. And he responds with mercy, compassion, and generosity. It seems that there's more than one way to interpret the law. The Pharisees and the synagogue leaders argue with Jesus about his healings on the Sabbath as if Jesus wants to destroy the law, to cross it off. But Jesus reminds them and us, think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And this fulfillment comes in the summary of the law. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. In short, and in fulfillment of the law and the prophets, Jesus' healing clinic is open not six days a week, but seven days a week. Granted, laws and rules are needful in a society for the society to prosper. And there are rules and laws we think of in terms, say, of the traffic. And they're not written so much so for the police or for the highway patrol person to give you a ticket. They are written so that we all may travel safely. And it's here we usually hear talk about the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Interestingly, when rules and laws are broken by others, we seem quite comfortable in seeing that the letter of the law is enforced against them. This would be the Pharisees' point of view and the synagogue leaders' point of view in today's reading. However, if we break a rule or law, we would certainly be a little bit interested in or maybe even encourage the spirit of the law approach. Would we not? Please understand, I'm not advocating anarchy or chaos. I am encouraging mercy. What we want 
or desire for ourselves, for our own well-being, we should want and desire for our neighbor's well-being. Otherwise, we're not loving our neighbor as ourselves. Notice today the synagogue leader is so incensed about following the letter of the law that in his prejudice against healing on the Sabbath, this would include no healing not just for foreigners, but also for people like him, for his neighbor. This is why Jesus said, this woman is the daughter of Abraham. She's one of you, for goodness sakes. And still the synagogue ruler spits out venom. Let's be clear here, in Scripture, when Jesus has confrontations with the Pharisees and others concerning clean or unclean and what constitutes work on the Sabbath, Jesus lands every time on the side for healing. Indeed, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Earlier, I said the people were listening today, unlike other episodes of healing. Notice the response of the people. Remember, these are the same people who may have ignored this woman who was crippled in pain for 18 years, ignored her Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath. Only Jesus speaks on this woman's behalf. No one else speaks for her. Maybe the people had been following the letter of the law for so long, they forgot. What did they forget? They forgot to show mercy. So that after the healing, the people stand shamefaced, ashamed. For in their heart of hearts, they knew better. There is something in people that is very wrong and very perplexing. There is a dark side, a desperate dark side in human nature. And you and I must be honest to admit that sometimes we contribute to the problem. We know as Christians we're supposed to be ministers of reconciliation. We should make an attempt at understanding others. And yet, for some reason, it's easier to settle for the status quo of distaste, distance, and disrespect. For are there not times when we experience a helplessness about things happening inside of us, with which we at first feel like we have no control whatsoever. Haven't we all said at one time or another, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I said such a hateful thing. I don't know what got into me. Whatever made me do that? I know better. 
To make such a statement is not necessarily an act of rationalization or an evasion of responsibility. It could very well be an anguished cry from a bewildered heart. You see, not all ailments are visible. But an anguished cry from a bewildered heart now that might be something we're all familiar with. So where do we take a bewildered heart? Maybe we should make an appointment at Jesus' clinic. How about we give a name for this clinic? How about last chance clinic or a clinic of last resort? Certainly it's that, for we read in scripture about those who come to him as if it were a last resort. But surely there is more. How about second chance clinic? I mean, we all could at some time or another use a second chance. But then does this mean that it's the second chance and that's it? It's three strikes and you're out? No, surely there's more. How about another chance clinic? Because one can go again and again and again. And why? Our psalmist told us why this morning. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and of great kindness. This is where we can take our bewildered heart, our broken heart, our disappointed heart, our sorrowful heart, here there is one who understands everything because there's nothing human he hasn't experienced. He has felt every human push and pull, every joy and desolation, every broken heart, every heart on fire. This Savior is not one who is sitting across the counter with his arms across his chest waiting to see if we come in. No, he's out there. He left 99 safe sheep to go after the one lost one. He's the father that's running down the road to greet the son he thought was dead. When the unfairness of life slaps us in the face, when our hearts are broken and sorrowful, when we know the good and do the bad, when we lose our way and follow the wrong path, we find that we acquire traveling companions though scripturally they may be called spirits or demons. Though nameless, some call them guilt, shame, anger, self-pity, despair, and regret. These spirits darken and cloud our vision so that daily we focus entirely upon ourselves Daily our bewildered hearts focus upon our should-have-dones, our could-have-dones, our what-might-have-beens, our if-onlys. But from the deep recesses of our hearts comes a whisper which grows stronger and stronger. We realize there is another spirit called holy that has been with us since the beginning. And from deep inside us we hear, 
my beloved daughter, my beloved son, you were set free from your ailment. And with that authoritative word, our vision clears. And light conquers the darkness. And brightness shines forth. And we find out what we truly long for is a love that does not end. A love that embraces, heals, forgives, restores, and makes all things new. After some more thought, I think I have come up with a name for Jesus' clinic. First, mercy. First, mercy. That sounds about right. Amen.